0: Hi, this is Norm Duke. You're listening to Above180.com with Tim Berg and Joey Serrar.
1: Hi, this is Krista from BowlerX Pro Shop. You're listening to the Above180.com podcast. Don't forget to stop by BowlerX.com. Register for your free $750 Brunswick Arsenal. And also check out some of our great deals. And always, free shipping on every item, every day.
0: Above180.com. Taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Sarar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know, from the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee,
1: Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Sirar. Joining us today on the Above180.com podcast is Chad Source. Chad is a silver certified coach and the coach of the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee bowling team. Chad Timberg and Joyce are here. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Thanks a lot for having me, Tim. Good to good to talk to you again, too, Joe. Welcome, Chad. Uh we'll start today's show off uh a little bit with uh, you just giving us some of your credentials, you know, a little byline into the history of chad source. Uh I mean, I I get a number of your teammates uh, or your, your students coming in by me uh, as customers that bowl on your team. And uh, it's a fine program, but uh, you, why don't we you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Um, well, I've been bowling for 27 years. So, I mean, I started off with really good coaching. I think that's kind of why I got into it. Um, you know, became a, the, the, the level one coach and then went on, got my bronze, and then was asked to teach level one and level two classes as well. So, did those for a while for USBC and then got my silver and started teaching at UWM and was approached to start a program and five years later here we are with uh, a pretty solid team and you know I- I'm pretty proud of it.
1: Well Chad, what is one of the things when people are preparing, they want to join your team uh, for co- co- bowling collegiately, what is one thing that you think the bowlers in high school really need to focus on in practice when they're bowling their leagues and bowling their tournaments and bowling their scholarship events?
2: Fair shooting. I-, I think if there's one thing that we notice at the collegiate level is the premium place on spare shooting and and I think probably in addition to that is also just shot making is it, it, it understanding you know if you make a good shot, you leave a ten pin you leave a seven pin you know hey that was a victory right there. I'm in the pocket, and let's just cover this up and move on to the next frame because uh, we give out way too many pins away just by miss single pins and and that makes a huge difference in the tournament
0: and that kind of leads me into my next question Chad uh. Do you have a specific set of practice schedules that you perform with your team, such as spear-shooting drills or uh, various lane conditions that you play on to kind of prepare the team better for when you enter competition?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, if we have the lane pattern ahead of time, we try and simulate it as best we can just to give the kids an idea of what's to come and not to be surprised when we walk in that day. Um, but just you know, to give you a real quick overview of our last couple practices, uh, we had one where we laid out eight different lane patterns on eight different lanes, didn't tell them what they were, and forced the kids to talk to each other, see what they thought that you know the varied length or volumes on them, how to approach them, and this task practice we did a lot of uh, one-step drills, balance drills, and then uh, to force the kids to make spares as a team, we made them make 20 consecutive corner pins to end practice and if they missed at any point they had to start over from zero so uh, really made them take their time and think about what they wanted to do on their next shot
0: well 20 consecutive spares <laughs>
2: absolutely I, like I said you know we give away so many pins that way and it's the difference between being in the top 10 or being in the bottom 10 based off of spare
0: shooting now speaking a little bit of that uh, competition uh, has gotten underway you've bowled a couple tournaments already uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to give us a little information of some of the upcoming events that the UWM team, my alma mater, will be bowling in soon? Sure, sure. Actually, right now, uh, the kids are, are, are competing
2: in an event. Um, this weekend, they're up in Oshkosh at the Titan Invitational. Uh, it's a Tier 2 event, it's kind of a smaller regional one, but we still get some really good competition up there, a lot of the in state schools. And then uh, the week after Thanksgiving, we are down in the quad cities of Illinois and Iowa. For the uh, Leatherneck Classic, now that's a big tier two, and we get a lot of the really good teams. Um, so if you know you or your listeners are familiar with like the Wichita's, the Robert Morris's, they all show up to this event. So it's a really good indicator of of where your program is compared to theirs. And the next semester, we really hit things hard with um, a couple of big tier one national events. That's the Blue Gold. And uh, South Bend, Indiana, the, the Hoosier in Indianapolis, those are massive tournaments with over 100 teams each. And then we finish up our conference season in uh, the Twin Cities of Minnesota in February.
1: Joining us on the Above180.com podcast is Chad Source. Chad is a University of Milwaukee bowling coach. Chad, so... You talk about some of the upcoming events for you guys, and you also bring up some of the the quote unquote big dogs in the uh, in the bowling world of of you know collegiate bowling big dogs. What are some of the economic challenges that you guys maybe face that a uh, Wichita State or a Nebraska or a Robert Morris where they don't face, whereas you guys have some challenges that you have to overcome just even bowling some of these events?
2: Oh sure. Now, uh, first the first thing is USBC really helped us out this year by by making a rule that we can no longer earn scholarships or money in tournaments. So it's really cut back on the entry fees, which has really helped out programs such as ourselves. So last year where we were looking at like a 300 or a $350 entry fee, now it's $100 or 150 So that's helped out things a lot. Being a club sport, the school does its best job of granting us money, uh, and we go through grant processes just like any other club does in, uh, in the school, and then we do fundraising. So, you know, the, the toughest thing for us probably is travel, um, since some of the bigger schools, they can have uh, their big coach buses. We're driving ourselves, so the, the kids kind of just take their, you know, take turns driving themselves. And, and that, so that's probably the biggest challenge that I see it is the travel and lodging.
1: And do you, guys, do you feel when you go to these tournaments that uh, it sounds like you, you were saying earlier how you guys practice on all these different events and different functions and, and different patterns. Are you able to figure out and, and do enough practicing like like the bigger schools can do? Where they, it sounds like you guys can lay out all the patterns, so you guys probably get uh, as much work on that. But do you feel you guys are coming along enough that you're laying down the patterns and they're close enough when you get out to these events?
2: um what i always tell the kids is the same way that i approach bowling nationals every year is you know get comfortable with just playing on something different but don't put all your eggs into one basket as far as saying oh i really hit this pattern because you know like the blue gold for instance we're at chippewa bowl in in uh, south bend indiana and they're really old wood lanes and that you just you can't simulate unless we're going you know to a wood lane house so It's more of just having the kids get a look of, this is different, this is forcing me to play a different part of the lane, rather than get that comfortable to where they think they're going to average 230 for the entire event.
0: Right, Chad, so you really stress lane play, spare shooting, which are strong fundamentals we all need in our game. Uh, What about equipment? I mean do you work with the kids to really understand their arsenals? Do you change surfaces on the balls for the kids so they can see how the motion change can be adjusted with different grits of sandpaper? Uh I mean how in- intensively active are you in the equipment aspect of the sport?
2: It's it's something that we're moving towards more this year than we ever have before. Uh over the summer I had Lou Marquez from Turbo come in and, and, and show the kids how oil can affect You know, that every shot affects the oil pattern, no matter how insignificant you think one shot might be. And and then we just had Chris Sand come in and teach the kids all about surface management of equipment and and what the different surfaces of different balls can do on certain lane conditions. So I think, you know, the kids are becoming a lot more well-rounded instead of them just looking to me and saying, Okay, what do I need to throw now? You know, now they can start answering the questions themselves, which to me it almost sounds like I'm putting myself out of the job, but that's kind of the highest honor for a coach is for the bowlers to be able to self diagnose and be able to answer their own questions and make, you know, on the fly type of, of uh changes.
0: Right. And and your job as a coach is not just to, to be an overseer, but to actually be a teacher. And part of teaching is, you know, helping your your players understand the game, you know, more intimately. And again, lane play, the importance of spare shooting, e- equipment choices, uh, not to be, say, overly overwhelmed with the the choices out there, but just just have a working arsenal of equipment. You know, balls that will match up on shorter and longer patterns. Balls that respond quickly to friction, balls that don't respond quickly to friction, and just understand, say, the four, five, or six balls they may currently own better. Correct?
2: Absolutely. And you know, we even tell them, "Hey, you know what? If you have a polished ball and you're not throwing it that often because you're not confident in it, hit it with a two thousand pad. Hit it with a thousand pad. See what the ball does. See what the changes do it. And the opposite for a dull ball. Polish it up. See if that changes it for you. It's just to give them different looks, especially with with them being college kids, they don't have all the money in the world to invest in a huge arsenal so to, for them to understand that they can make their arsenal even more uh, adaptive to different lanes by just changing the surfaces is huge to them.
1: Chad when these kids when you guys go to these events are the kids of the mindset we would rather have a tournament where it's going to take plus 50 to be in the top 10 or would they rather have, have to average 230 you know uh, uh, or do they like to grind it out sort of like you said make your spares uh, don't leave any pins on the lane, or do they want the the high high scoring, you know, events that you see sometimes.
2: I, I think in some ways this is where the, the team has kind of taken the attitude of of their coach myself, as far as I never think I can win a carry contest, so I'd rather grind out one eighties, one nineties, and and have to make that key spare towards the end of the match to win it for us. They, you know, if it gets into a, uh, a score fest, they're they're not real happy with it. They they'll, they'll they'll do what it takes to to move on, but they'd much rather bow on the, on the, the competitive nature that we have. And I mean, you know, all collegiate tournaments have to be on a sport compliant shot of some sort, anyway. So, uh, you know, they're they're out there <laughs> they're out there grinding it, and they're they're realizing now that. You know, sometimes that 175 isn't as bad as it looks up on the scoreboard when you look around the tournament and are seeing a lot of 140s, 150s, and things like
0: that. You're you're right, Chad. When it comes to scoring, it's all relative to what the bowlers around you are doing. And if you're only 10 pins off the pace, again, it doesn't matter if you're averaging 180 or if you're averaging 230. Uh, The the key is being in in the match, being competitive, uh, enjoying the sport, then... uh, I'll tell you that the students that come in by me, they, they love the job you're doing. Uh, they, they tell me you're a caring coach, which is always good to hear, and that you're not just there to be there, but you, you genuinely want them to do better and perform against some of the big names that are out there, such as the Nebraska's, the Wichita's. Uh, the, uh, what, what's the school out of Michigan that's so good?
2: Saginaw, Where Dan Valley. McClellan
0: went, Saginaw. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. your team has gotten there. I mean, they're, they're kind of an unknown entity nationally, but they're becoming more well-known. And, and, yeah, thanks for, thank you very much for that. And I mean, that's
2: definitely what I intended to set up is that these kids are going to leave so much better than when they started, not just making shots, but just understanding the game. And, I mean, I even go over with the kids trying to teach them just part of the past. When we had the masters still in town I took a bunch of the kids and introduced them to Johnny Petraglia and and, and guys like that and at the time the kids were like well, why do I want to meet this old guy David Ozio who cares about him but you know after watching them then and going wow this is this is one of the guys I want to watch and make shots like him you know then they understand why I'm doing that for them.
1: Chad have one final question for you uh, one of the things that that I notice uh, as a, a bowler is you people bowl high school they'll, they'll you know, bowl junior programs, but when once they're out of high school and maybe they're not quite good enough to make your program or a, a collegiate program, and they just kind of give up on bowling. Um, what can we do as bowlers and people who love our sport to keep people interested in bowling in their 20s? Because I think there sometimes is a disconnect when people just get out of high school, they graduate, maybe go off to college, maybe they just take a job and start working right out of high school. But we still want them to bowl because ultimately those are the bowlers that are going to be bowling leagues and bowling. And and it seems like then what they'll do, what I've noticed, is they'll come back to it. They'll find bowling again in their 30s as maybe a social night, a night to get out with the guys or the fellas, uh, maybe have a beer or two and and bowl. Um, But what can be done to keep bowlers in their 20s, get them out bowling and and bowling leagues and tournaments and the USBC Open and that sort of thing?
2: Boy, that's like one of those $64,000 questions. It's a great one. I think, you know, if we could figure out how to do more tournaments that are between the PBA and then just like your local association tournaments. I think if there's, if there's more events that are, that are kind of like the challenge, not necessarily sport, but like the Kegel challenge ones, which are tougher patterns, but they're not impossible, um, but you're still promoting tournaments for that kind of mid-average bowler. And I think that's, you know, we don't really do a lot for them outside of just you have league. You can do ABT or you can do regionals. And, and sometimes it's kind of an intimidating thing. If we could ever figure out how to kind of do tournaments for those mid-average bowlers, I think that would actually benefit my program because I've got kids that don't make a first team, but they're on the second team and they're looking for events to bowl in as well. So, you know, things like that. And, and But, I mean, you know, a lot of the industry uh, uh, things that are going on right now, I think, are starting to, to, to merge towards that type of idea. And, and I think we're on the right track we just got to keep following through with it
0: yeah i totally agree chad uh it, that's that was a very challenging and difficult question tim good job by the way
1: well no I, it's just something it, it's it seems so evident to me because a lot of my the people i bowl with my friends who i grew up with in wisconsin did did kind of that exact same thing a couple of us who liked the sport and wanted to keep bowling did and then the other guys kind of just went off and did their own thing And came back to bowling a little bit later in life, and now we're using it as just a a social night, which is fine, but I think they could have been doing it the entire time. But, hey, Chad, this was great, and we'd love to get you back on again coming up here after these uh, events that you guys are going to be bowling, and love to hear how you did. Um, And just keep us informed, as, like Joey said, uh, Joey being an alum and me being a Wisconsinite, uh, former Wisconsinite, you know we love seeing what you guys are doing and and the the you know you guys like you said you're you're fighting the uphill battle but you're doing it through hard work you're doing it through you know making your guys and and your and your women out there bowl well and better and ultimately it's going to help help everyone out in the long run
2: oh absolutely and and i would welcome anytime you want to have me on i mean it's it's great for these kids i always love getting the kids the recognition because it, it's so difficult uh with their sport that you know unfortunately it's not like other sports where you know it it's you know, first line on Sports Center type of thing. So I'm, I'm glad just to get their names out there and let them know that, you know, hey, there, there are people cheering for them. So thanks a lot for the opportunity, guys.
0: Chad, and I thank you as well. And uh, I think we'll have you on right after the team wins its next tournament. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Hopefully then it's this weekend.
1: For Tim Burke, Joe Serrar, and Chad Source, good luck and good bowling.